Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by the Dadgum Original, Batman on Film. Go to batmanonfilm.com to the bat and click on the tab that says Batman Podcast Network. And you'll see all sorts of super dope podcasts. I've made some great friends through there. Uh, you know, check them out. They're uh, some cool people out there. They got some cool podcasts, and your ears are missing out. Whew. I am still stuffed from Thanksgiving, I think. Good gravy. Like, literally, it was good gravy. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I hope you all are doing well out there. Uh, I am in Pennsylvania. It has started to snow a little bit. It's, uh, you know, we're having fun. We're having a good time, you know. It's, I'm starting to get into the holiday spirit a little bit. Uh, you know, Christmas is my favorite time of year. Uh, looking forward to it. And looking forward to the future of the Four Comic Junkies podcast. We're going to be doing some uh, Batman, uh, you know, movie review build-up hyping up The Batman coming out March 4th, um, as well as uh, there's going to be a, a sister podcast I'm starting soon called The Spider-Man Book Club, not so shamelessly ripped off from <laughs> my friend uh, Ryan Lauer from The uh, Batman Book Club. Uh, he's hopefully going to be on the show. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to starting that next year for uh, Spider-Man's 60th anniversary. Doesn't look a day over... I don't know, 30, 16, depends on what comics you're reading. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, today is a, is a very special episode. Uh, ended up being kind of a... Uh, you, I wasn't going to do this just because I it, it wasn't really on my radar until it was on my radar sort of situation where uh, Netflix recently released uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda and... Um, Starring Andrew Garfield, uh, about the the life of um, Jonathan Larson, and you know it, uh, we get into that in the episode. Um, <clears throat> this movie really hit home for me, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and you'll hear me ramble on about it like a like a dope. Um, <laughs> and my guest, of course, is uh, is Nico Caruso from the Vigilante nineteen thirty nine podcast. And, uh, like, 14 other podcasts. Uh, I don't know how that man has time for work uh, when he's doing all these podcasts. But I was happy he took the time out uh, to, ha- to talk to me for an hour about um, uh, a really incredible movie experience that I was glad that we were able to talk about and get, get kind of deep on. You know, the stuff I, I really love doing. Um, and uh, it's, it's a really great episode. Uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to you all hearing it. Um, as always, you can find me uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for Comic Junkies. That's F O R Comic Junkies. Um, you can email me for Comic Junkies at gmail dot com. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please uh, write a review, uh, subscribe. You know, get uh, get the word out. And the word is tick tick boom. Well, at least for today it is. I hope you enjoy the episode. Here we go. Nico and I talking Tick, Tick, Boom. And Nico has returned to the show on a uh, somewhat surprising, maybe not surprising, but uh, short notice, I'll I'll say that, Uh, which is, uh, you know, I, I knew I could count on you to be like, hey, you want to do a podcast? And pretty much always the answer is yes. <laughs> Sir, I answer the call whenever it whenever it comes through. So long notice, short notice, I'm here, especially what we're talking about today. I was very, very excited and very thankful that you keep having me on here to ramble about God knows what. So, <laughs> uh, well, this is uh, a little bit outside of our normal wheelhouse, um, but uh, but I think for me, it, it, it is in my wheelhouse. If you know me in, in my private life versus, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the public persona of the cop for comic junkies. Um, so we're talking tick, tick, boom that premiered last week on Netflix. And, um, 
has uh, two Marvel stars in it, uh, Spider-Man mm-hmm. and Storm. <laughs> yeah. And um, and it's uh, man, like. Let's uh, let's let's start with uh, our history with, uh, I guess, Jonathan Larson and Rent. Yeah. Um, what you know, because you had said before, you know, Nico has his own uh, TikTok show that we'll plug at the end here. Um, mm-hmm. So, he, you know, um, when was you, what was your first experience with uh, with Rent? Yeah, so my first experience with Rent was um, so I've always been into musicals and theater. Um, my grandma would show us a lot of them, you know, the old classic ones, Phantom of the Opera, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started getting more familiar into the uh, with the more famous ones, you know, whether it be you know Sweeney Todd or Into the Woods. I know there was a film at a film adaptation of Into the Woods, I think uh a little while ago but my friends actually in in college it was my sophomore year um i was talking to my friends about this very topic and they're like have you ever seen rent have you ever heard about rent i said no i haven't and and they knew i liked rock music and classic rock music and they're like well well this one would be like up your alley i can't believe you don't know about this so they actually first showed me the uh, 2005 film which um at at the time i enjoyed i think the music hits there and if you're a fan of the show you like the movie narratively does it necessarily hit everything no but then i went back and went into the soundtrack hard and then um they started explaining to me um about who jonathan larson is and the particular friends who showed it to me are all are all members of the lgbtq community so Mm -hmm. then they started to explain why it's so important to them in terms of you know it's it's how it talks about hiv and that community and in New York in the early nineties and um, in, in seeing how personal it was to them, I wanted to learn more about Jonathan Larson and then to only find out there's a little, only a little bit there. Um, And he, you know, spoiler alert, tragically passed the night before it opened. So he never got to see the, you know, the 13 years on the 13 years on Broadway, the Tony awards, the film, the CBS adapt or the NBC adaptation. They tried to do live a couple of years ago. Um, so it was really those friends introducing me to the soundtrack and the 2005 film. And then um, I went back to try to find like YouTube clips of the show, trying to watch it, just trying to watch with that original cast. Um, a lot of them are in the film, but um, there's something different about the way that they did it on the stage, which was very, very cool. And then I went back and, um, when I found out because Andrew Garfield was one of my favorite actors. Um, I found out when he was cast because I follow all these film Twitter people. So then when I found out he was cast to play this role, like two years ago, because COVID halted it a little bit, I yeah, yeah. Uh, dove into tick, tick, boom, and tried to, and tried to really grasp what that show was about. Um, so it really all started um, in college with watching uh, 2005's rent directed by Chris Columbus, I think who did Harry Potter. Yeah. I want to say he directed Harry. Yeah. I want to say he did both of us. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's kind of uh, eclectic in a weird way where when he was, I think when he was in college, he wrote um, <clears throat> the Goonies and gremlins um, yeah. and sold them to Steven Spielberg. And that helped pay for his, his college tuition. Is he right? Yeah. And then, you know, went on obviously to direct, um, uh, you know, the Home Alone movies, um, mm-hmm. Harry Potter, of course, um, you know, and and Rent, which is, you know, it's just such it, it's like Spielberg in a way where, you know, you don't know what they're going to do next. I mean, Spielberg's next movie is West Side Story, which comes out yeah, in a couple thought. weeks. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, and, and speaking of West Side Story real quick, um, you know, it, it's sort of kismet that we're doing this episode and Tick, Tick, Boom just came out because, you um, you know, I'm sad to say that uh, Stephen Sondheim just passed away and which is very sad. But at the same time, it's like he was he was 91 and he had this amazing career. So I'm sure he left with no regrets. Oh, no. Um, so it, so it's it's incredible that we get to speak about this, this amazing man who plays a part in the movie, which I was yeah. very surprised by and also surprised to know that it that that was true, that. Yeah. Stephen Sondheim became friends with uh, Jonathan Larson and, you know, and gave him uh, gave him advice and help and helped him and helped inspire him, like not just with the music musicals he had already done, but just like literally in life as their friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because I recognized him right away as, as Bradley Whitford. I was like, I was yeah. like oh, Bradley Whitford. <laughs> so. Um, but. Uh, but, yeah, the um, my my first. Um, experience uh with with rent um 
was the same with the film. Um, I, I had always heard about it and knew about it, um, you know, as I, <clears throat> excuse me, good Lord. Um, my theater friends in high school, you know, we, we were always talking about musicals and such, and we were literally performing musicals every few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they kept talking about rent. Oh, rent is so great. Rent is this. And I, I was just sort of like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, until it was like, oh, there's a movie that we can watch. Uh, Cause at the time, I don't think it was on Broadway or if it was, we didn't go see it. Uh, Cause we always took trips to New York, the, the, the big theater group um, every oh. summer. It was always a lot of fun, but we, um, so, you know, we had a movie night, which, you know, was always so much fun. We sat there and watched it and it was my first exposure to it. And I was mesmerized. I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, like, what is this? You know, um, this, it was completely different from any other Broadway show I'd ever seen. I mean, it's a film adaptation. So that changes the perspective a little bit, but um I eventually did see it on stage about three or four years later. Um, But, and you know, that's, that's a whole different experience in and of itself. But um, I was really like blown away. And then uh, there's a documentary on the DVD um, about Jonathan Larson. And I, I didn't know who he was. So it was like, so when, you know, I'm watching the documentary, I was sort of surprised. I was like, why do they keep showing clips of him, but not him? And then they're like, oh, yeah, he died the night before Rent premiered. And I was like, holy shit, I had no idea. Yeah, that's and a dad when you find out. It's it's uh, it's really amazing. Um, you know, thinking, wow, this this really young guy, he wrote this really incredible show that um, I mean, he was a straight white guy, too. You know, but he wrote this that spoke to, you know, his LGBTQ friends that that spoke to diversity um, and was really kind of at the time, one of a kind, at least, you know, Um, it, it, you know, it it just seems like those topics, at least back in like the late 90s, were sort of taboo. Like, oh, we don't really talk about people having HIV. You know, we don't really talk about you know, people being gay that you know, sort of don't ask, don't tell policy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he, you know, but that was his life. He, he knew people that were dying of AIDS. He mm-hmm. knew people that, you know, from all walks of life, I, I mean, living in, you know, in, uh, you know, somewhere in Manhattan, I think like Soho or something, you know, it, how do you not meet like this melting pot of people? Mm-hmm. 100%. <clears throat> But uh, but yeah, so I, I became super obsessed with Rent and and I was sad feeling like, oh, there, there's nothing else of Jonathan Larson's out there, is there? And then come to find out that's not true at all. Like there's Tick, Tick, Boom and there's um, uh, there's other like songs that he's done that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so <clears throat> when I heard that the, um, they were making a movie of Tick, Tick, Boom, I was on, I'm automatically interested. It's like, oh, well, that, that's cool because that was his like one man show he did. Um, and then, you know, they again adapted it to film. But I think it having another musical genius in Lin Manuel Miranda yeah. adapt it and direct it, you know, he, he found the right language to adapt it to film that still flows really well as a musical. Because it's not easy to adapt, like you know, Stephen Levinson wrote the script, but it's it's not easy to adapt like a one man show into like a film. <laughs> yeah. Not and yeah, have you ever seen uh, Hamilton? I've so I never got to. So I was one of the people. So when I what I mean by that is um, I'm one of the people, the people who I found the soundtrack. Uh, me and my friend also found it. Um, in college, right when the uh, soundtrack became available on, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And he was my roommate at the time, Alex, and we fell in love with it because he also showed me Rent. Um, and we loved it. And then when so much time passed and it didn't ever come to Chicago till like because the tickets for New York were, you know, ungodly. hundreds of dollars <laughs> and then the travel out there, et cetera. So when it finally came to Chicago, you know, it was a new cast and everything and tickets were still really hard to get. And we're like, you know, 
if we're not going to see like Lynn or like Leslie Odom Jr. or Christopher Jackson, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, so we were one of those. So we were kind of like that. Um, and then I was actually thankful that last year, I think last year that Disney plus they put out like the recording of it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've watched it. I haven't went to see it, but I, I know the soundtrack pretty much front to back. And then I was able to see it with that or, uh, original cast. Thanks Disney plus. So that's, so I've, so technically, yes, to answer your question, but not physically in person to get that full Broadway experience. Um, I I still have yet to watch it. I know the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's one of those. I I have a hard time watching stage stage stuff on TV. You know, I get that one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So it's like, and some of my my friends are like making fun of me all the time. Like, like just watch it. I'm like, well, that's also like three hours of my life. I have to like sit down and devote to that's true. That's which, true. It's also longer, which, which I'm sure I could do and would be fine, but um, I'm just a weird dude. Um, <laughs> so aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> in some way, shape or form. But um, you know, it's like, I, I'm a big fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think he just has a, an energy and a presence that, um, Anytime I see him, like he he did some guest stuff on, you know, he's been on Saturday Night Live and um, mm. and, you know, um, like Moana. He wrote the music to that, uh, which I really loved. Um, again, it, it just it and this being his directorial debut, which I did not know. Um, I think I saw that either it was either you or Zeddy that put your review on Twitter. And I was like, no, it's not his directorial debut. That wasn't that in the Heights. And I looked it up and I was like, no. Oh. This, this was <laughs> yeah no it is so i i what did he, but he had something to do with in the heights did he so in the heights is so in the heights is the play he did before hamilton so he's credited as um i think he's just credited as the uh executive producer and like creator of it and i think his name might be attached to the screenplay um but no it was directed by uh, john chu who did uh crazy rich agents which is oh. another- great film which is another yeah. great film yeah um yes but i thought the same thing when in the heights came out i said oh well he did the play so they're just gonna let him do this and i'm like oh no he's not the director so yeah. Um, yeah. because i had to like triple check before i because i mentioned it in 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 i think both my tiktok and my twitter review i'm like are we sure this is his debut and then everywhere <laughs> was saying it and then i even watched an interview where he's like yeah so as the first feature film i said okay okay yeah so this is his debut but it he's so talented that it doesn't feel like and when you watch it you wouldn't believe that this is the first time he's directing a major motion picture no yeah it 100 percent, and it feels you know and i think it really captures that that feel of a broadway show especially the sunday song we're singing with all yeah. the diner people all the broadway legends that are in that which that was that's i know we're going to get into the movie that's it's not even a real negative I have. The only negative about the whole film I have is that whole song is such a cameo fest that like I'm not even listening to the song because I keep going, oh, oh, wait, oh, wait, it's Roger and Mimi. Oh, wait a minute. That's, <laughs> yeah. oh, man, it's Eliza. I'm like, <laughs> I'm I, I, did, I did the same thing. I was like, that's Bernadette Peters. <laughs> right. And then the song ends and I was like, oh, wait, he was trying to tell me something. <laughs> yeah. But but that that sequence, you know, is is like something out of a Broadway show where like the moon dance diner, like oh, kind of comes, comes, or, you know, comes down, like the, the entrance comes down and it gets pulled away. And it's just like, mm-hmm. well, this, and I, I kind of getting chills talking about it. Cause it's like, this just feels like Broadway. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they did all that during COVID, you know, it's mind blowing. Yeah. It's yeah. Mind-blowing. Um, so, so this movie, I was very excited to watch and, I, I I will admit to struggling with um, uh, like TV movies, you know, and, and and I feel bad saying that about Netflix or Hulu because they, they have a much bigger production value than a movie, a TV movie that was like you think about like the original it, you know, was definitely yeah. a TV movie and no offense to that movie, which is a classic in its own right. Um, but um, so I was like, I was like, well, I hope it I hope it's good because I feel like TV movies just they feel like TV movies and they don't really have much of an impact. And uh, it just can. And more often than not, they don't stick to landing. The endings are just terrible. Um, but it's like, you know, looking at the cast, it's like, oh, you know, you have Andrew Garfield and you have you know Bradley Whitford. You know, you have really like 
amazing actors doing this. So it's like, okay, like it's it's Netflix. They they got a budget, right? It'll be great. And I was, and I've watched it like three or four times this past week. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah. it's oh, yeah. oh, it, it, <laughs> it just it it does it does stick to landing because I was nervous that the movie was going to end. I, I was sort of surprised that the movie didn't talk about rent like a little bit, but oh my, it was it was a little bit more it because it, it was more about what he was doing before he did rent, and because that's the mm-hmm. whole theme of the movie is you know I'm running out of time. Steven Sondheim did all this by the time he was 27. I'm going to be 30, which is the constant line of dialogue. Like I'm going to be 30 in six days. I'm going to be 30 in two days, you know, and he's going crazy thinking like, I haven't done anything with my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the theme that like, who can't relate to that? You know, he's somehow made, even with, um, even with rent, uh, there's like a character for everyone in rent. And I think what's, what's super interesting is that, the show that was well received and you know got him on Steven's map but didn't really turn into anything was his you know futuristic you know rock opera superbia yeah and yet it's when he went to things he knows and that's what you know that was the advice he was given to you know that you see later on in the film is right about what you know yeah um is what rosa gives him that advice and then and then literally a little bit more so tick tick boom and rent but tick tick boom and rent were all about things that were happening to him and people in his life at that moment in time new york at that moment in time and i think yeah. that's what made them one so successful but that's also what made them stand the test of time is you know how rent literally brought awareness and help to those various areas you know which is why he was later given you know the pulitzer prize um so it's 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 like you just said, it's so who who can't relate to what you saw on and take him. I was watching it, and part of the reason I love the film so much and it hit me so hard is I was sitting there going, "Well, I kind of feel this way." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I I thought the exact same thing because I I and I sort of realized it when I was thinking about our you know recording with you today. I was like, I was very much like that before my thirtieth birthday. I was dreading it. I was like. I'm single. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a kid. I don't even so have the you're a handsome guy. You're a handsome guy, JJ. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. You will. But, All that will come. All that will come. Um, but it was, it was just, it, it was nerve wracking. And, and that was all self-imposed too. Like sure. it's not, I didn't have like, you know, my family wasn't like, Oh, when are we going to get grandkids? Like my dad's not that sentimental, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but at the same time, it was, uh, I, I was nervous because I was just like, I, I don't have anything to show for my life. And then I would, I was saying that to a couple of friends and they were like, dude, you're, you're, you're doing fine. Like, you know, it's like, I've already been married and divorced like, I'm kind of miserable right now. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, and like, like 30, as cliche as it sounds, it's true. It's like 30 is just a number. Like you, you've got your whole life to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, and also uh, Spider-Man homecoming came out on my birthday. So that was cool. Uh, my 30th birthday. That is awesome. That is so, awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, that, you. You. So, so that was like, all right, like I got like a personal connection to this movie now. Um, but cool. uh, it, at the same time, I, I just I had to kind of just like kick myself and go, dude, like nobody is being hard on you right now, except for you, like chill the fuck out, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a couple years later, I do have a kid um, who's uh, who's great. Um, horrible, and absolutely. And she, you know, she's a ton of fun. Uh, just, just the on that tangent for a second. Like my sister and I were were playing with her the one day, and and just the fun, the funny stuff a little kid will say that they don't realize oh. is the funniest thing in the world. Like you know, like throwing her up in the air, and going, "Look how high you are!" And she's like, "I'm so high!" And <laughs> she's like, "Oh my god, I love this kid." <laughs> um, love. But but yeah, and I think that. Andrew Garfield, you know, he, you know, it, it it still blows my mind when I see him in interviews and he's British because yeah. he's so good at like, you know, from Spider-Man to this, you know, having that um, that really good American accent where he's he, I, I don't feel like he slips at all. He's very believable um, and he's just so and he's just so endearing as a character 
you know, like as soon as the the boho days uh, song starts, you know, it's like I, I'm just drawn in and going, I love this guy, you know, oh, man, <laughs> I love this man. And that's why to just to speak on something that you, you're saying, what I think it is, is he aside from that, he nails an American accent because you're right he does and he sings in one too which is even more impressive oh yeah uh, he always and particularly for this movie he brings this like magnetic energy to him that like right from that first number like he is he's working like he's working his ass off he's yeah. giving he's he's letting himself be loose like he never looks stiff at all is what I think right away is the most important part he's capturing that you know when you're in theater you're a little bit more um, you know, out there and from clips of Jonathan Larson and stuff, he was very, you know, eccentric with his mannerisms and the way he talks. And I think Garfield captured that perfectly. And oh yeah, boho days where you really see it and he's singing live in that scene. You can tell that I, everything happening in that scene is natural and the way he's bouncing off walls and stuff. I was like, when that scene happened, I'm like, okay, we're in for a, well, we're in for a great time here. Cause he's having the time of his life. I'm watching him have the time of his life. Yeah. Now let's have the time of our life with them. Yeah, it, it, that that scene absolutely, you know, just it, it pulled me right in because it's it's just like as soon as like he's sitting next to his friend and he starts like clapping on him. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, oh, I see what they're doing here. And and there's that one guy that's, you know, a little obnoxious. where He's like, I love going to artist parties because you got the oh, best drugs. And, and he's just like, sure. Yeah, whatever. And then and then when he does that and the guy's like, this guy's awesome. I was like, fuck, yeah, he is. <laughs> Damn right. He is. <laughs> no, it, it was, you know, in the movie, just, uh, you know, it, and it doesn't really let up from there. And there's a reality to the movie, despite being so heightened with, uh, you know, the musical numbers and everything That's where, awesome. it, you know, they 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 take you on this journey with these with these friends and. Uh, with uh, you know, with Michael and with Susan, and it's so, it is so beautiful to watch this because there's such a reality to it. Like, you know, Jonathan just being so in love with his work that he has a hard time being in love with the people around him a little bit. Um, and then he, uh, um. Uh, you know, and, and that shows through the songs. It's like that's in a weird way. That's the only way he can communicate. And then by the end of the movie, he finally steps up and is like, OK, now I know how to be present with my family and friends. Mm -hmm. I love that you spoke on that idea of being present, because that's that was the other really engaging part of this movie is um, he's in love with his work and he's also um, haunted by that 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 ever so ticking time bomb, which I actually, that's another reason why I'm so impressed with um, Miranda's directing in here that he keeps that ticking, keeps coming out at random times throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, we live in such a fast paced world now, I feel like, and I find myself, there's another layer of relatability here. I find myself not being present a lot either because i'm either worried about the next thing i'm worried about some internal anxiety i'm worried about um something i have to do mm. and it's when those things you not to say he had a problem he was just very driven and very scared and very human most of all right. um when you start finding yourself not being present with your loved ones is when you really have to figure it out and um that too when I was watching him, you know, struggle with Susan, you know, and she's like, Hey, can we talk about that? He's like, Oh, tomorrow, uh, later. And she's like, well, it is later. It is Wednesday. It is. Yes. Because yeah. Not present to even what you're saying. You're just saying, okay, let's wait. Cause that's your reaction. You just don't want to do it right now. You're not even processing that wait tomorrow is the day she needs it. And if she doesn't take this job, well, this happens and blah, blah, blah. So that was another layer too, where I'm like, Andrew, John, we're on the we're on the scary same page right now, and I love it, but I don't love it, but I do love it because I feel safe watching somebody else go through it. Um, do you feel that way ever? Is that you you have a hard time being present just in life today with how? Um. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think about like even just recently, like when uh, I 
I had to move. And it's like, you had this date set up, you know, my buddy's like, oh, we're going to rent the house out to you. And, um, and it was like, okay, so we're going to move in by November 1st. So it's like, I had like all of October to get ready. And I was like, oh, it won't take that long. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then suddenly it's like, oh, it's the week I took off of work to, to move. And I got a lot of work to do. And mm-hmm. And you know, I see all your stuff behind you. It's I also have a ton of shit. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it got done, and then and then it's like I was like, okay, now I got to unpack. And before I know it, like Thanksgiving has already passed us. You know, I'm like, oh my god, like it's almost Christmas. You know, yeah. um, it's it's it, it's hard for me to be in the moment because I keep thinking, well okay, what do I want to do? I want to do this and this and this. And I'll like plan stuff out and then either not do it or stress about the planning or, and it's like, and, and who's making the schedule? It's, it's me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, so why? And the that's the ironic I, part. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so why the fuck am I getting so like bent out of shape when it's like, dude, if I need to take a break, cause like moving, especially when you're moving by yourself is hard. Oh yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. I can also- so it's like, I didn't have like a girlfriend to help or like, I did have like, you know, uh, Jesse came and helped and um, shout out to Jesse. Yeah. Still haven't watched it. I'm sorry, Jesse. <sighs> I will. Sorry. He's going to be so <laughs> mad at you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it, it, I think everybody can relate to that. The idea of it, it's hard to be present and it's, it's a lot of work to overcome your anxiety because it's like your feelings are your feelings. It's stuff that you have 100% control of even if you don't realize it and that's something I've talked about a lot in therapy it's like you're driving the bus like so you have to drive the bus don't let your anxiety drive the bus don't let your depression drive the bus um like a literal metaphor he showed me this video and I was just like and like blew my mind I was like oh it's okay that all these emotions live inside of you (laughs) as opposed to like don't think about all that stuff you know (laughs) it's like no 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 You, you it, it's it's there and you have to deal with it but you don't have to let it consume you you know i think that's well said and it's uh one i i i remember when you were moving because i got a text from you i think it said like don't ever move <laughs> like yeah. i'm like oh no oh no he's going through it i feel <laughs> i feel him i feel him but also no i think that's well said and i love that you brought up the idea of 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 you driving the bus not your anxieties not your fears because a lot of the times you you are our thoughts and feelings influence our actions you, you either things we will do or won't do um, out of fear, anxiety. And it's really the way to reframe those is to literally do the opposite is to do the actions first to reframe those thoughts yeah. and feelings. So just allowing yourself to move forward, allowing yourself to do it, you know, taking the time to, you know, talk to your friend and put your phone down and just sit um, doing that with loved ones, et cetera. So I think that's very well said by you because the darkness it's our, our brain holds on to negative things more than the positive things. So you really have to make an effort to, let that positivity come out and to make positive choices or else um, the um, the balance will be tipped the negative way. And that's yeah. why our fear is able to uh, take the wheel so often is because we let it take the wheel. It, that, you know, very well said, my friend, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really easy to do and it's work to not let it do that. And I think a lot of people just want to just sit on the couch or lie in bed and just not let, you know, the, the feelings take them over. And it's like something my ex taught me a little bit was like, you know, you, uh, or the mother of my child, I should say, you know, it's like those little bits of serotonin can Mm -hmm. really like change your outlook on things. So something as simple as like, I finally went and like cleaned out some of the stuff in the kitchen and did laundry that I've been putting off for a while. And suddenly I like feel good. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, is this what this is like? You know, like, just this little, is what positivity is <laughs> like little bit little accomplishments that I think you know uh, Jonathan Larson just you know he kept thinking it's this it's superbia or bust and and you could see why he would think that but uh but then you have uh Susan who's kind of in his face going and then what what mm-hmm. if it isn't this like massive hit which ended up happening? And, and he kind of couldn't fathom that, 
he was like, well, no, it's going to be. It has um, to be. Yeah. And, and I love that, uh, you know, Stephen Sondheim was there and, uh, and, his, uh, and his agent was there. Although it was a funny bit where she like didn't recognize him. You know, she's like, hi, I'm over here. <laughs> um, that was great. That was great. It, she she reminded me a little bit of Estelle from Friends, uh, Joey's agent. <laughs> um, she, oh, yeah. There's yeah. definitely inspiration. There's definitely inspiration there from Lynn. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's just sort of the typical, like, New York agent, just probably, mm-hmm. like, whatever. But uh, But I think she gave him great advice where she said, like, you know, you got to start writing the next one and then you're going to write the next one. And, and I, and I remember like, uh, well, the first time I watched it, I, I looked at the screen and I went, John, did literally nobody ever tell you that man? What the hell did you think was going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, like Sondheim never like brought that up. Oh, by the way, you should start thinking about the next one. But, <laughs> um, but I think, uh, but, but again, him being so consumed with it, and him like yelling at Susan, like, I'm writing. What do you want me to do? It's like, and she's like, I want you to be here with me. And mm-hmm. I want you to say, don't go. And he's like, well, of course I don't want you to go. And then she says, that's the first time you've ever said that. It's a heartbreaking scene. Heartbreaking um, scene. But, and then it's like juxtaposed with like the therapy song that he mm-hmm. and Vanessa Hudgens are doing, which again, Andrew Garfield having never sung publicly, like, this motherfucker put in the work. He put in the work, man. He 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 was working. He put in the time card. He stayed overtime. Yeah, Th- that yeah. that type of song, my jaw was on the floor. Is not easy to do. Imagine. Yeah, I could only imagine. Um, I I haven't done anything really like that, but I've done songs where like I'm singing a lyric and somebody else is singing a different lyric, and it's and it's hard not to get distracted because they're singing because like they're good <laughs> so you kind of want to listen to them yeah and Hudgens <laughs> in terms of vocal talent is as good as it gets so like yeah yeah to uh, be able to your own and try to do that next to her and with her and sing I was like whoa is this man like you said said it in my TikTok I just kept saying this man is working yeah this, <laughs> this man showed up with the hard hat on and said let's get to work it, I, it definitely showed because that type of song, you know, it just that it picks up speed, you know, it's, I feel bad that you feel bad that I felt bad. You know, I can't do it, but yeah. <laughs> um, we could try. I feel bad. I'm trying to do all the hand movements too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's so um, it looked so. Um, uh, and, and I loved how that was framed too, that, it was like they were like puppets, like trying to like contort each other into what each other wanted. Um, whereas like the actual scene is is really sad with uh, with Jonathan and Susan. And but I think that scene again, like it maybe it shouldn't have worked, but it did. Oh, you know, it it's like you know this really tragic, heartbreaking scene where this couple is breaking up versus this really fun upbeat song where this couple is like oh we're going to therapy and we got to figure each other out and i'm sorry i was mad that you were mad and now i'm mad and <laughs> um and there's a reality to that as well you know like hey I- i'm sorry that i got mad when you were mad even though i should have been mad but you were mad first you know kind of thing mm-hmm. um i i that's i think that's might be my favorite song of the of the of the bunch because i've listened to that a few times just going i just i want to learn this you know, like I'll never be able to keep time, but <laughs> it's like, right. I love it. Right. And, and that songs and scene is up there for me too, because it reminds me, and even though this play existed, you know, before um, the, there's a stand-up comedian I saw one time who, who said something that uh, I get stuck with me to this day um, because it, it's such a simple quote, but it's so powerful when, when talking about, performing to an audience he goes you could tell them anything as long as it's funny if you Mm. make it funny if you make it rhyme you can tell them anything you want and that's why and then you go back in time and you wonder why comedies exist or satires exist or dark comedies exist and this is i think a perfect example of a really heavy scene between them and it's musical so you put in this upbeat song in there to tell the audience what's happening to almost um so that you're not stuck in the drama hundred percent. So you're like, Oh, and they're fighting. Oh, I get what they're trying to say. Oh, they're fighting. Oh, that's what she's mad about. So it, it makes it um, 
more digestible for us yeah, yeah, yeah. and it also um it, it it lets you stay in the escape where okay we're giving you this very dramatic heartbreaking scene but we're gonna make you laugh during it and yeah, we're gonna yeah. um we're gonna let these two actors do their thing because if you make it funny if you make it rhyme if you make it upbeat you can tell us anything you want and ever since i heard that i'll watch like i, I watch things with such a different lens because i'm like wow you know a movie like jojo rabbit that's hilarious yeah is so dark and very yes so depressing and what they're actually talking about and what he's actually showing you is it's so negative and yet there's a beautiful story in it and he uses the humor to tell it uh which i think is genius and why that film is genius and why taika watiti is genius but um man that was yeah so just to add on to what you were saying yeah yeah but that song is up there for me too and it's also it's just fun to turn on and hear them going back and forth um is really cool man it it's it, it does make it a lot of fun um and i think it helps because the movie could have been really uh, really sad and dour uh but having that musical element to it and jonathan larson was really good at that writing songs that are kind of melancholy but they're 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 so well written and and performed you know that it, you know you, you get into the the spirit of it um and and it's like you're singing along whether you want to or not and then suddenly it's like oh that song was actually like really deep um like the next song that comes up when he's swimming and it's just him like his like neurotic anxieties like going through him um but the song is kind of like upbeat but at the same time like you're into it like oh my god like this guy is he's he's showing me something and also i think mm. that's such a great effect in that scene when he sees the 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 music like you know the the bars and oh, everything yeah. in the mm. water so looks cool. so cool um and again this being lin-manuel miranda's first movie it's like this this guy has like he's obviously he's done the work too so he yeah. knows how to how to make a visually exciting movie um, and I think him being a musical genius, you know, which is a word I, do, I don't like to throw around. I think people say that too much, but it's like, but I do think that about Jonathan Larson. I do think that, that about Lin-Manuel Miranda, that they, they were above their, their classes in a way, if that makes any sense. It makes a hundred percent sense. I was almost not going to say that sentence. Cause I'm like, which actually just rhymed. I was yeah. actually like, wait, wait, wait. Does that make sense? Maybe I'm a musical genius student. No, I'm not. <laughs> but, but so it's like, it's like what we talked about earlier. It's like the opening scene and then the diner scene. And then the, the, the way he does the therapy jump back and forth. Um, the scene in the pool with the notes in the water and then come to your senses at the end when it's, you know, yeah. the cuts between uh, ship and Hudgens both performing the song. I'm like, he he really made this thing visually engaging and wow, just just the editing that they're using. Like he did a really nice tight job with this thing to where he's almost so talented that it pisses me off. <laughs> no, you know I, what I mean? Because like because like he's done the Broadway stuff. He's done he's done some acting. I'm like, okay, he's good. And then he directs this, which is one of my, I'm going to spoil it. It's like a top five movie of the year for me. Mm. And um, it ends and I'm like, okay, we're going to, we're, we're going to of course talk about, you know, Andrew and Robin Daisies, et cetera. But I'm like, man, Miranda did a hell of a job with this thing and he hasn't done it before. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like what's he going to do next? Like, what can he do next? Cause he's probably going to do something even cooler next. So I'm sure so that's yeah. a win for being a, a very talented genius. And I'm sitting here and I, I could eat a whole frozen pizza by myself. I could do that. <laughs> so yeah, I can eat a jar of pickles in one sitting, you know? <laughs> which is a genius in and of itself, but I can't. <laughs> Right, one of the best plays ever, and then direct the top five movie of the year. I can't. I guess I can't do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we we have other talents, I guess. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know a lot about Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's you know the and that was the other thing with this movie that that blew my mind was the um, was the supporting cast. You know, like you were just talking yeah. about like, uh, Vanessa Hudgens and Joshua Henry, who are in the Tick Tick Boom. Uh, show 
mm-hmm. and then um and and they have beautiful voices oh, you know? so joshua henry I, I don't know anything about him but as soon as he stepped up to start singing i was like holy shit you he know comes in like a force man yeah and then and then you have robin de jesus and uh and Ale- alexandra ship and and they are selling these characters there's mm-hmm. no um because you know robin has done I, I i think he's done rent i think he was angel on rent uh if i remember correctly i think you are and uh which that that role is you know you you have to have talent on talent to play that role oh yeah you need chops for that role yeah um and then alexandra ship who i i I, it was one of those like where do i know her from and i looked her up and i was just like oh she was in the last two shitty x-men movies (laughs) you know what's funny is um i'm so i'm usually and this isn't just because i'm like a movie guys because i'm so good with faces Mm-hmm. I'm like, where do I remember her from? And I could not, I could not place it. And then our guy on Twitter, that Chris Evans, my guy Chris Evans, our guy from uh, Texas, yeah, he was like, yeah, um, it's so great to see Spider-Man and Storm. And I said, there it, is. <laughs> there it is. But I just don't remember those because I don't like those last two. <laughs> they're, they're yeah, they're not great. Uh, but also, she, I mean, she just looks completely different you know obviously she's talking yeah. about the white wig and the accent yeah. uh, and the leather outfit but <laughs> yeah she's got her normal hair i'm like oh yeah but she lovely. she was really talented uh mm-hmm. and i love i love when actors can also sing because it's like there's the the tim burton uh sweeney todd and i thought yeah. johnny depp and um helena bon carter were just not great at all in that like yeah it's like if they had done it as like a straight movie, not as the musical, they would have been great in those roles. Mm-hmm. But they, when they were like yeah. singing and stuff, I was like, you, you don't, you're not, yeah. you're not selling this to me. Although I did think Helena Bonham Carter stepped up when they did the Les Mis movie. Like she was much better. Oh, she, oh yeah. Les Mis, oh yeah. Well, that's yeah. another good one. Yeah. Um, I gotta watch that one again. It's been a while. Um, it's been Les a while Mis, since I've seen that one. That's actually my favorite musical. Um, I have like very... Yeah fond memories of my dad playing the playing you know the cd while we have dinner and then we went to go see it on broadway a bunch of times i saw it in london actually too um, oh that's incredible it was amazing um cool yeah you know, it's that? <laughs> i said damn that's cool and i'm jealous like oh wow so <laughs> like you can't get better than that like it doesn't get better than that oh yeah yeah um but uh but you know this but these characters, you know, these actors really were, you know, even though I know it's Andrew Garfield, I know it's Robin DeJesus, I know it's Alexandra Ship, they were, they, like we said during the Boho Days uh, song, they pulled me into it that I forgot all about that. I wasn't thinking about Spider-Man. I wasn't thinking about Storm. You know, I was thinking about Jonathan Larson. And, and that takes real fucking talent to pull you in and just... And say, oh yeah, I know you know me from other stuff, you know. Like an actor like J.K. Simmons, he's good at that too, you know. Where you'll go, oh, it's J.K. Simmons, but then like as he pulls you in, you're just like, whoa, I am mesmerized by by you right now. Um, and and you know, I think all three of them deserve some sort of fucking award or something at the end of the they, year. They, I'm really pulling for Garfield to get his second. I think it's coming because of the vocal talent because um he never sang before he learned to sing for this role they modified the music to kind of fit his voice in a way mm-hmm. um i thought robin de Hages was incredible as his best friend michael i think he added a big emotional element to the movie i thought he was charming and i i thought he was the the ideal supporting role the ideal supporting actor and what i mean by that is he Every time he was on the screen, it was to add or compliment something that Jonathan was doing. And towards the end of the movie, he becomes the motivation. And he has some really emotional scenes he nailed. And I think the same thing for uh, Alexandra Ship. I thought um, she too is that emotional pull and that thing. She makes you want them to work. She makes you kind of strive and um, long for their relationship too, which is impressive because of course, there's films where the love interest is unlikable. 
or yeah. where or where the or where the where the actors don't get you invested in what they're doing here but she absolutely does that um so them three i i'm really i i have a good feeling about andrew robin DeHages. i'm really pulling for i'm not sure about alexander's ship because the actress category is going to be loaded this year but i'm going to fight for it um and just but someone else i want to shout out to not necessarily for awards but i was surprised at how at how how small Vanessa Hudgens' role was, but how large it is vocally. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Oh, like, it does, it does. She's nailing the songs, her voices. She is, I mean, if you if you ask me to like rank the 10 like actresses right now who can sing, like she, I probably she has to be in the top 10. And she just has to be, she's that talented. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but acting-wise, there's only a couple scenes she's in, and she has some really nice small moments, but um, I'm almost glad though that Miranda put her in here because he's like, hey, you're vocally great. I want your voice on these songs. Yeah. And yeah, yeah you're gonna be in some acting scenes here and there, but we're really using you for your for what you're best at in this movie. Cause her name's like third or fourth on the bill. Yeah. So yeah. I was surprised to see how little of an acting job was done in there, but um, but talent wise, but then like she nails the two scenes, she nails coming to your senses and, and the therapy scene, which is acting. Yes, yes. So shout out to her too. I'm surprised she's not in more stuff. Uh, I, I thought the same thing. Cause I was like, I feel like I, I know her. Yeah. But it's like at the same time, I'm looking at her filmography and I'm like, well, maybe I, I know her from like guest spots and stuff or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. Or um, just that she's like, kind of like after high school musical, she just kind of stayed. Like even like Zach Efron, his film like his filmography isn't that great, but we kind of all just know who he is. You yes, know? yes, yeah. One of those things. Um, and that and that uh, you know the workshop scenes, you know, like with his uh, uh, producer, and I, I love that scene where he's like, you know, I wrote a rock opera. He's like, well, if if you have a piano, you can make any song sound good. And then he's like, so Jonathan goes out of his way to make more money to get more uh, mm-hmm. musicians. And and then and then Ira's like, you were right. And he's like, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good I moment. It's a rock opera. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it, you know, like, and I can see Larson, he was that way in the interviews I saw about him. Like he was just so committed. He knew what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Andrew really, you know, sold that to us, you know, that I never I never disliked him, you know. Never. Mm-hmm. And I, I just felt bad for him and I loved when when he finally did you know come to his senses as the song said mm-hmm. and you know he went up to Michael when he after he told him he was HIV and he was like I'm here for you I'm so sorry mm-hmm. and it's like and that was a moment that I could relate to because I've had friends give maybe not like that kind of news but like bad news where it's like yeah and and you have to kind of unselfishly take yourself out of the equation and go okay this isn't about me this is about them they need me mm-hmm. right now there's another scene that I think that's a really nice payoff um, to earlier in the movie when he's at work at the diner, which one I want to eat at that diner and two, I want one of those shirts, the one with, that says like good food on it. I just really like the shirts they wore. <laughs> like, oh, like a nice slick long sleeve. Yeah, uh, yeah. But serious. Um, there's that scene where he's talking like, he should see him in the hospital, but I have to do this, but I have to write the song. Is it bad? Am I wrong for thinking I have to do something? Am I wrong for feeling like I can't go, but I'm supposed to, it's wrong. And I'm like, man, I've had those internal battles about so many things in my life where, Oh yeah. Oh man. Like I can't go to that. And I feel bad. Do I actually feel bad? Cause I have to do this, but I'm supposed to feel bad. But now I, I feel bad for feeling bad, but I also shouldn't feel bad because this is my life and I might have to be selfish. And I watched that scene and I actually rerun. I, when I rewatched it, my second time I rewound that scene, I was like, this is hitting like too hard right now. Yeah. Like I yeah. almost want this scene edited out of my next rewatch. So I don't have to feel <laughs> the anxiety because I'm going to feel this tomorrow. I'm going to feel this the next day. I'm going to feel this day after. Yep, yep. Um, but so then when he finally, quote unquote, when he comes to his senses, insert the uh, Leo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood going, oh, as he points on the screen. <laughs> When he does, it's that much more impactful because you see how many times during the movie he doesn't. And there's the other scene um, when Michael tells him, he says, you know, why didn't you tell me? And he goes, you tried like you tried. And I, you know, 
I just wasn't present. Like I wasn't there. Like I didn't give you that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so, when, so when that scene, and, and that's, once again, it's, it's in the writing, it's in the directing and it's in the performances when he's, you know, when he's, you know, at the door soaked in the rain and he finally tells him I'm here for you. It hits so hard. It's, 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 it's a really earned moment in the story and it pays off really well. It, it does. And, you know, that was, you know, beautifully said, of course. Um, yeah. It just, I mean, the movie just, you know, I, I kept bugging my sister to watch it and I, we didn't get to watch it on Thanksgiving. We ended up doing something else, but I was like, we gotta watch this. And she was like, all right. And I was like, I told you to watch the Mindy project and you binged it in like a week. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you're right. I know. Where's this? It's only like minutes. Yeah, it's not even yeah. that long, but uh, you know, uh, we'll get around to it. But uh, yeah, I mean, the movie hit all the right notes. I think it started and I was really happy that it didn't end on a, on like a downer note. Cause it's like, you know, I mean, he dies, you know, that's mm-hmm. sort of the end of the story. Um, isn't that the end of all of our stories? And, you know, so <laughs> profound. Um, <laughs> but, but seriously, it's like, I, I thought about that. I was like, I, I hope it doesn't, you know, end with like showing him die, but I was glad that it ended the way it began. It ends with him on the Tick Tick Boom stage. It ends there um, with the action speak louder than words song, which is yeah. beautiful. Oh, it's a great song. And, and such a, and as, as a thing I live my life by, cause it's like, I catch people that way, you know, like I've, I've like talked to girls, like going on dates and stuff. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, how about we do this? Or Oh, I'll call you. And I'm just like, you know, actions, you know, like you're not calling me. So I know you're not invested and I can live their loss, by the way, their loss, by the way. (laughs) Well, thank you. You You don't call my guy JJ back. That's your loss. (laughs) Um, But you know, it, it, I was glad that it ended that way. And, and, And it does end kind of, on a bittersweet note with, you know, he's, he's playing the happy birthday notes mm-hmm. and, it, and it seems like he's finally content. Like, okay, I'm 30, but that's not a death sentence. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, unfortunately in real life, you know, we lost him way too soon. Um, and, you know, who knows what he would have done. He probably would have been the next Steven Sondheim writing oh, like yeah. I mean... amazing musical after amazing musical. And, it was one of those things where I'm listening to the soundtrack, you know, like nonstop for the past week. You know, we were talking about that. Oh you know, man, banging we that thing. But uh, it, it, you know, it, it's like I can I can hear the Jonathan Larson of it because I hear this kind of sounds like a song from Rent, you know, uh, but not like in a bad way. Like, oh, he just like did his stuff over again. It was very much like, oh, like I I, I feel his influences, and mm-hmm. that was a cool feeling too, you know. I love how you said you like how the movie ends the way it started with the little montages and then um, the the voiceover explaining and summing up his life. I love the mix of the real shots. And then, of course, it ends with him, you know, about to blow out his candles on his birthday. And it's a positive note, right? He's been dreading this birthday, but it ends on a very positive note. But the movie is bittersweet in the way that you know he does pass away. I love how... Um, it doesn't, my problem with biopics a lot of the time, because this also, while it is a film adaptation of Tick, Tick, Boom, it, it, it is also, I, I think Lynn at the beginning and end does sprinkle a lot more in of his life or tries to, yeah, yeah. is that the biopics always try to show the whole story. Like you yeah. said, it would have been a weird movie if it was 20 minutes longer and it ends with, you know, him, him quote unquote dying. And I was also surprised they didn't show him right rent. Yeah, yeah. Upon rewatches, I'm like, I'm glad they didn't because I feel like the perfect thing was, you know, end with, you know, oh, he starts Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay, Tick, Tick, Boom becomes so well received and he does Rent and Rent is amazing and unfortunately passes away because one, it's easier to digest, but two, it lets this story that they tried to tell have like a beginning and an ending instead of, okay, here's the end of the story. Now here's 20 minutes of him writing Rent and then he passes and et cetera. so I prefer, and that's why another movie I liked um, recently is King Richard, but because that also didn't do the thing where it tries to show this entire story. It's, they show you this finite amount of time in these characters' lives, in these real life figures' lives. I don't know if that sentence sounded right. It didn't sound right. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. <laughs> um, 
because then it lets the story they're trying to tell hit so much harder. And I think yes. it's easier to tell one story for these people than try to tell me their whole life in two hours, two and a half hours. So I love, I love the way they wrap it up. And once again, Lynn does such a nice job of, you know, putting a bow from how he opens the movie. Um, just very engaging and, and just very well done. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm still blown away by how much I like this. I knew I, I was going to like it, but I love this. <laughs> I, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, it's Andrew Garfield and Lin-Manuel Miranda. The odds of me not liking it are very slim. Very slim. But, but just, you know, it, it hit me in, in the right way where I was, I was inspired and I was excited. I like, after I watched it, I immediately went to iTunes and got the, and got yeah. the soundtrack. Cause it's yeah. like, I, I, I have to listen to this again. And it's like, you know, and the nice thing about living in this, this house now by myself, I don't really, I have neighbors, but not like an upstairs or a downstairs neighbor. So it's like, I'm, Boho Days comes on. I'm clapping in the shower. I love it. I love it. I love it. So you said Boho and Therapy are your favorite songs yes. on it? Yeah, what yes. are yours? See, for me, uh, well, so I like them all. For me, there's something about the opener, 3090, that I love so much. I think because I really like his voice and Joshua Henry's voice when he comes in. Yeah. Um, and that one is just, it's so upbeat and rock. Um, I love Johnny doesn't know because it's it's sad, but it's like so good. The, um, when when Vanessa and Josh Joshua join in too. It, oh yeah, it just adds so much to the song. Mm -hmm. And then um, you know, uh, action speak louder than words just hits really hard. It's not the easiest one to re-listen to because it's so emotional. Yeah, but yeah. um, for me, it's thirty ninety. It's boho days. Um, I love therapy, and I also love no more, just because yeah. it's fun and it lets Robin DeJesus sing a little bit, and it's got the. I just love the. I love when the guitar and the drums come in on the no more, then yeah. the no more. It like hits yeah. hard. I'm like, okay, I like that. I like that. That that scene made me fall so in love with him, with Robin, yeah. because he, I mean, he owns that song and. And and Garfield takes the back back seat. He's the you yeah. know he's the backup singer in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that added to the scene, you know, because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, this this is no, this is a Michael's moment. This is Michael yep. getting to say, yep. look look at this great life I have now, and 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 you know, Jonathan's kind of vicariously living through it, and then it ends really well, where it's like him, like Jonathan in the tuxedo, he gets in the elevator. And then it just cuts right to like him in the um, uh, in the subway. It's oh, like, yeah, it's so depressing. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I mean, enough can't be said about this this thing. It's it was brilliant from top to bottom. Um, you, despite it being musical and fantastic, there's um, there there is there is a reality to it. There's an emotional reality that you know some movies just lack. They don't have this. There, you know, it's like Lin Lin Manuel found a way to merge the emotional reality with the fantastical reality, um, or the, not the fantastical, but the fantastical and the emotional reality that only somebody like that has done Broadway yeah. and was obviously a student of film because the film looks amazing. You know, <laughs> yeah. he, so he he found a way to do it, and that's very hard to do, and it was so exciting. My my thoughts of like what a TV movie is went right out the door immediately after the mm -hmm. thirty ninety number. I was like, "We're good. This is gonna be good. We're good. <laughs> like we're in. We're in. We are. We are strapped in." Yeah. And for uh, me, have you ever? So I um, I only like listened to parts of Tick Tick Boom when I was in my Larson phase, but I never really immersed myself in the whole thing. So a lot of these numbers and scenes were fresh for me. So like when 3090 started, um, like it felt like something I hadn't seen before or hadn't heard before too. So yeah. that was, that was another really cool part of it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, it, it, yeah, it felt unique despite it, it, it is the work of another man. Um, but, uh, it, it, they all owned it and so well which again is not easy to do but no, you know no, no. um so um, nico this has been an absolute blast man um Always. I, we had a little bit of technical difficulty but i'm glad we <laughs> got through it um, you know what we got through it just like uh just like the movie and jonathan larson it's it's imperfectly perfect right exactly i'd love that um so uh um 
where can people find you out there in the uh, interwebs? Yeah, um, in, if they want to, which not everyone does, but if you want to, you can follow me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox, or TikTok at Nico Caruso. That's at N-I-K-K-O-C-A-R-U-S-O. I talk about a lot of stuff on there. I do movie reviews on TikTok now, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then how JG and I met is I do a, uh, a comic book superhero DC Marvel Star Wars based show with my dad and good friend uh, Zeddy called The Vigilante 1939. You can find that at The Vigilante 1939 on Twitter and wherever you follow your podcast. I also do a, uh, a Spider-Man show with a Paisan twist called The Italian Spider-Man Coalition. That's at Italians, the number four Spidey that, that I do with my dad and a good, a good friend of both of ours, Mr. Peter Vera from Australia uh, Gotham and Batman on film. And I do a, a Kiss podcast about the band Kiss as well with my dad and good friend Rob Myers uh, called Right Between the Eyes podcast. But you could, you'll, if, if you find me on Twitter, you'll see all those things. Um, <laughs> but uh, come talk to me and uh, I have some great takes and sometimes I have some bad ones and I don't mind which one you call out as long as we have a great, healthy conversation about it. But JJ, we always have great conversations when, when we hop on shows. I feel like it's my favorite conversations on shows I've ever had are with you because we get really deep a lot of people don't get deep on these we get deep on these and uh i think there's a lot of relatability between the two of us as well so um, i'm just so honored to be here and i'm glad we did this man it was different and i loved it yeah i i totally agree and i i live for the deep stuff that i go i i go hard for that um because i think that in all fiction there is that emotional reality that we can all jump on and relate to um and tick tick boom is no different it it hit all the right you know (laughs) pun intended hit all the right notes you know all Uh, all right man so uh, this has been a blast well you know we've already talked about getting you on uh, uh, other episodes so we we will be hearing from you soon of course um and usually i end these things with like a self-deprecating joke of some sort i I don't want to do that this time uh instead i'll just end with thank you jonathan larson thank you jonathan larson